Vatanizupen. I know some German, like uh, what I just said. That's what's up. Vatanizupen. I know Schutzenzufukenupen. I rearranged my room. You who are watching can thus see. Well, you know you can see. I got like an actual bed now that I put together this week. Itchy nose. I think my hair has gotten so long that it's like, or maybe just my nose hairs need to be plucked or something. I can do that on this podcast. I legitimately got one. No more itch. Wow. Sometimes it is just that easy. I wanted to give a shout out to MoviePass. They're making a comeback. What? I think that's huge. Dude, I got MoviePass at the tail end back in 2017, 18. And I saw one movie with it. And then they were like, meh, never mind. We're just not going to do this anymore. Went out of business, and now uh, with this week, they were doing like a, within the next four days, you got to sign up, so it's probably too late, sorry. But uh, the one thing that was the other is now probably all that the will. No, I don't know what I was saying. Um, yeah, so I got movie, I signed up for movie pass. I reserved a spot, so I'll be getting bop doo doo I don't even remember, the, what were the perks again? Oh, you pay, and then every movie's like, free? Was that it? I don't remember. Ten bucks? Reduced price. I don't remember. How many more times can I say that? But that is huge. Welcome back to them. Hopefully it gets more people back in the seats. Like some serious blockbusters. Uh, You got like Spider-Man, Batman, and Top Gun. I think we're probably, if you look at like the analytics of how many times, you know, analytics. You'd probably see peak mountains when those uh, movies came out. Top Gun is still going strong. Uh, Plus some other hard hitters this year. Okay, really quickly, I wanted to give a shout-out to my neighbor, the upstairs one. Ever since they moved in, it's been like a month now, I noticed early on that I think there's two of them that occupy. I think there are a couple. No matter where I am in the apartment, they are right above me. I could be in a fluid motion. I could be seated on my couch. I could be on, on the bathroom in the in the toilet. And they will flush, like, right before me. I kind of prefer the neighbor with the bad aim. I mean, this is obnoxious. I just got this new boxing contraption, for example, and I put that together. It's outside in my backyard, my poor excuse for backyard. And I'm punching the thing for, like, maybe four or five minutes. One of them comes out and just stands right above me on their porch, on their back deck. Just right above me and just stands there, silently. So I stop, obviously, and I'm just listening and then i think i heard this sound i thought i heard this sound right here you know that sound okay like starting to record the record button that's what i thought i was like "Mm, what's that for why so i just went and ripped off my gloves the you know velcro that was supposed to be velcro and walked inside just to let them know they were crowding me i mean i mean it was at like before eight on a Saturday, so he probably heard my pretty strong punches, not gonna lie. And just came out there to show his presence. I don't know. There was definitely somebody above me, what they were trying to do, I, I can't speculate. But I've never seen them. I've never seen them. I've only ever heard them. But it's like there's a string attached here that it's just like two people walking. I would love to see a, you know, camera frame of just. Two people in their own worlds in their apartment doing the same thing at the same time. Hard to feel that it's not spiritual. Anyways, I wanted to share three 
extremes in my life. And what I mean by that, I don't know any other word for them because I'm not grammatically like inclined. <laughs> Grammaterically? So I wanted to talk about the most beautiful place that I've ever been. Uh, the meanest, the meanest times that I ever was. And I'm, I suppose there's probably some stuff I'm leaving out, but this is more when I was a kid and, and like, I didn't bully very often. And this is kind of why I was just like either shut down or I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and then the fights that I've been in. I, the poor excuses for fights, but I'm going to call them that tussles, tussles. And one of them was with my brother Kobe, so, you know, it couldn't have been that serious. But And then hopefully you'll stick around for the other Bolshevism. <laughs> Bolshevism. See, more German. Ich bin Bier. Is that one? Okay. Is that a phrase? Okay, so I talked about movie paths. I did the neighbor rant. Oh, okay. So, um, the most gorgeous place I've ever been, and I've been there two separate times. I'm not trying to gloat. Florianopolis, or Floripa. It is technically the Hawaii of Brazil. If I remember correctly, it has 93 beaches on this island. And I think there's like one bridge that connects, you know, it. <laughs> and each beach is different in its own rewrite. <gasps> like my favorite beach that we ever uh, went to there had w consistent waves. And it was one big one that would, if you were, like, um, on a boogie board, it would push you from far out onto the sand. Like, pretty freaking far. <laughs> so that was my favorite one. Cause you, or you could just, like, go dive under the, the wave, as some people might. Or you could jump, and it would just, like, launch you. So that was that was my favorite beach. Or there, there was one beach that was, like, lukewarm... Water. The temperature of the sand could have been a little better, but it was it was like a lake. There were no boats out on the water, so it was perfectly still. You could look down, see your own feet, look around. You could see crabs like walking around. Uh, our whole family witnessed a guy get his girlfriend because he he acted like his hand was a little crab and like because we knew crabs were around and he and she like screamed and made everybody around laugh. One of the beaches was really rough and had a lot of waves and I did not go very deep into that because honestly the ocean scares the crap out of me. The ocean and its power just because okay a little rant about the ocean like one of the beaches not at this particular island but at a but at a separate um on a separate trip i saw my younger brother kobe just getting pulled out by a wave and my older brother casey just dove in there like freaking superman got him uh, lost a flip-flop rest in peace but luckily he was able to save my brother. I stood there in shock and was just like, um, <laughs> I don't know what I can do. Uh, if Casey wouldn't have been there, Kobe wouldn't have either. <laughs> All right, that's... I shared another story where my family went exploring and a huge wave came up and hit us against a rock and, like, went over my sister's heads up to, like, my titties. <laughs> uh, scared us there. I've also seen a... Or, no, I, I, I didn't... Uh, oh, maybe it was a video. Or, I, it's just a story I heard, but uh, some dude was proposing to his wife on a rock. Wave came, and she was no longer there, and he never saw her again. He was mid-proposing, she's wiped out. So just for that reason, like, the power of water. Anyways, beaches super rough, super calm, 
consistently cool waves. And each beach was just loaded with tons of umbrellas and seats and vendors who walk around with like slightly burnt perfectly and purposefully crisp on the outside and like gooey in the middle but they're mozzarella sticks burnt mozzarella sticks and they'll just walk around they walk around with drinks you can go buy drinks i've never witnessed a beach of that same vibe or volume of people uh here in the states I'm sure that there are in huge places like California, Florida, Texas. But Brazil, specifically Floripa, has some of the most memorable and individually different beaches on the same island. Granted, I've never been to Hawaii, but I've heard from people who have been to both that Floripa's beach is kind of rock a little bit. I would be curious to test about the, the whole island. Like snorkeling? I've heard that's... Ooh, ah, ah. I am not proud of these next few stories I'm going to tell about the meanest that I've ever been. But I guess I'll start off with the earliest. My younger brother Kobe and I are jumping off of our couch, the side arm of our couch, and doing like poses midair. <laughs> and we're each taking turns. And I remember one time he just took too long getting up and situated. And I just pushed him. And he landed. I mean, he went from this position to, like, that position and, like, landed all super awkward, mostly on his chest area. And then I jumped off and did a pose, you know. Well, I I have this image later that night of my dad holding Kobe in his lap and he's doing this to his arm. Like this. And Kobe's like, ow, ow, ow. But we didn't think anything of it, enough to take him to the hospital or anything. Until three days later, then my mom actually did take Kobe to the hospital and found out his arm was broken. And I'm positive it's from me pushing him. He wouldn't have landed so awkwardly on his arm if I hadn't been so impatient. Um, so that's uh, a bummer. And that's pretty mean. I mean, that's pretty stinking mean. And or pretty early on, too. I was six. At the time, he was so much smaller than me. He's three years younger, so that's actually not so true anymore. Like, I <laughs> I do often think about fighting Kobe would be a challenge, and there are many different techniques that he would probably have that would get the upper hand. As he develops his training in law enforcement, and I do not, there are definite ways that he could take me down. There was another time a couple years later. Uh, not that much long later. <laughs> Okay, granted, I also used to walk by and just, like, clothesline Kobe. It's such a sad, such a sad thing that Kobe had to put up with. Uh, his older brother just, like, picking on him. But um, one time I was walking our little toy poodle. I mean, his name was Hershey. He was, our, he was our first dog. I was, oh, man. Oh, Hershey. Okay, this isn't even the story that I was going to tell, but this is pretty stinking mean, too. On one walk, I did this one time, and either somebody saw or I ended up telling my mom just, like, in passing, and she was like, wait, what did you do? And I was like, eh. But I swung our dog around on a leash. I just swung him, and I, I can still remember the image of him doing this. I remember thinking her she could fly, and I was holding him and standing on the couch, and I threw him, and I remember him nearly touching the ceiling and then coming down, and his legs buckled as he as he fell. And again, I do not say that with any pride. These stories like make me uh, nervous to nervous to share them. I mean, online. 
But I can remember those two times specifically. It was not like a practice of mine. It was two times where I was experimenting and I definitely crossed the line. And sometimes part of the process I feel like is just figuring it out the wrong way. And So anyway, I was walking Hershey down and this does not involve Hershey. Two houses down there was a Doberman that was visiting this neighbor. And I knew the neighbor. She would walk her little dog But for some reason, there was one visiting, and it charged the fence. It was a big Doberman. It had not been in the neighborhood before. Scared me. I shouted. I didn't know if it was coming over the fence or not. (laughs) But it scared me so bad. I don't know how many times I'd been scared to the point of screaming at that point in my life. So I do the round with uh, the dog, hand him off to Kobe. And I was like, hey, why don't you, you know, take Hershey for a walk (laughs) And I just watched, and I just stood there and watched Kobe as he got charged by the dog, by the Doberman. Nothing happened except for Kobe. (laughs) Shrieked, let go of Hershey on the leash and ran across, you know, in the middle of the street. Like, he got scared so much more than I did. (laughs) I was like, oh, no. Like, it was then that I was kind of noticing, oh, there, there is a three-year age gap. How much I get scared, he, it's going to be amplified. That was one of the first times that I put that together. Like, oh, I am three years older. Bummer. Okay. He got scared so much more. I, I was expecting something like me. But it, it was a lot more, so. <laughs> uh, I once told an old man, I don't remember this happening, but my mom is like she has this story written down in a ready to put it in a book and so it's my mom and an older gentleman standing there talking and I end up saying to the man in conversation because they're in conversation I'm just looking at him and I guess he had like some sort of super hairy and nasty nose and I just said to him I don't like your nose and my mom had to spend the next few minutes just like profusely apologizing for me or like at summer camp there was an Asian American guy And I just walked up to him, didn't know his name. He was with a group of people, and I just said, hey, uh, Asian guy. And he goes, Asian guy? And I I could tell immediately there that he had no accent whatsoever. He sounded just like me. I was like, oh, oh, that's not good. Poor Asian American guy. Haven't hated on an Asian since. There was another time that I was um, very oddly mean with my words. In a group of people, I don't often do that. But my first real crush is a a girl named Bree. I'll I'll get to her a little bit later. But in the American school that I attended in Brazil for two years, there were like 12 American kids. 15 if you count the high schoolers, but they were separate from us. That was my older brother's uh, little crew there. In my class, there were four girls. One was younger than me. And then three were older. One of them I had a mad crush on. One of them I tolerated, but still liked. I found her funny. And then one of them I straight up disliked, and I I know she disliked me too. I thought it would be quote-unquote funny in front of Bree, maybe try and make her laugh. I don't know why I tried this tactic. To make fun of Victoria in front of the three of them. And people behind us too, the whole PE class behind us. Oh, I think I just started out by saying, hey, I like your wig. And none of them responded. I go, hey, Victoria, I like uh, I like your wig that you picked out. And she kind of did this thing. She was clearly 
boiling up, I'm sure. And then I, I was just blatantly on the nose and just said, because you have cancer, right? And those words even hurt coming out, even just now. And I was met with Bree whipping around, stepping towards me, going, would you stop? Right in my face. I was like, oh, man. I mean, that was the wrong thing to be doing and to be saying. Uh, Some people kept walking. Victoria actually dropped down and started tying her shoe. I'm sure that she was just trying to hold it together. And I actually just stood there and I said, I'm, I'm sorry, Victoria. I'm, I'm really sorry. And then I just kept walking. So yeah, that was, that was pretty mean. That hurts to, that hurts to say. I do mean it, I do mean it now. I mean, cancer is not a thing to be joking about. You never know, especially cancer, any single person, any family member could have some really unfortunate connection to cancer and with Bree turning around like that, it may not have even been that word that I said. It may have strictly just been in defense of her friend. Regardless of that, though, that word turned her around and she got in my face right away. I was like, man, I don't know why I tried that out. That's never going to happen again. I tell all those about a very immature person who is sorrowful to look back on those stories, so... Again, I say none of those with pride, especially the stuff with the dog. Like, that's that's a sensitive topic, too. Like, I really loved Hershey, and I felt it when he died. He'll always be my first dog. I think our family had him for about 11 years. Um, so, hopefully you guys can forgive me as I kind of move on to the next topic. That's That's what I had written. But, okay, so the earliest fight that I can remember getting into where things actually got serious is with my brother, Kobe. This was at our second home before Brazil. We got into a pillow fight after a movie. And I'm pretty good at a pillow fight because I will push the pillow down till it's hard as a rock <laughs> and then just swing it like it's a freaking, you know, old sling. David and Goliath. And so I did that. I was hitting Kobe. And uh, I remember at one point he's hitting me so hard with the pillow, he drops the pillow and starts just like clawing me and, and scratched one of my forearms and made me bleed. I remember that there was another pillow fight at summer camp in Brazil that went awry. I brought my friend Bruno this from church. He was the This was his first summer there. And we're getting into a pillow fight. It's one cabin against another. And we're all outside hitting each other. And then some of us go inside to kind of take a break and take shelter. Some people from the other cabin come in and they don't have pillows. (laughs) This one skinny white kid with his hat sideways walks up to my friend Bruno. Bruno is younger than me, but thick. Like muscles, he's borderline superhero. The white dude walks up to Bruno... And punches him. But his punch is as soft as this. <laughs> On my friend Bruno. It goes. There's like a couple beats of silence. And then all hell broke loose. Bruno took the guy down. People jumped on them. My older brother's getting married at the time. Her brother. So my brother's brother-in-law. Also came to camp with me. He was in the cabin too. He started getting in the fight. Along with Bruno. I stood there like this. I was frozen. I didn't move. 
Nobody touched me, and I didn't do anything to them. I was just going... And later, Joel Vitor, the brother's brother-in-law. My brother-in-law once removed. Probably not how that works. After the fight, he goes, dude, why didn't you move? I go, I, I was throwing people out of the cabin, man. He, I was like the bouncer. He's like, no, you weren't. You didn't move. I was like, how would you know? You were fighting. I was helping. <laughs> I was trying to get out of it, but I just, I completely froze, you know. I was like, I'm known as the funny guy. I don't fight people. At that same camp a couple years earlier, my first year there, there are some Americans who went with me, Caleb and his brother Andrew. Caleb had a bit of a temper, and he was a lot smaller than me. But I remember it was just he and I in the cabin. I had uh, my hat. I had a hat that I remember chucking at him. And the flat bill kind of like hit his cheek right here. Boop, like that. And he freaked out, came charging at me, throwing fists like this. Two of them got me. I remember picking him up and tossing him, just tossing him off of me. <laughs> and he like landed, we were all on mattresses on the ground. So he just landed on a mattress and laid there crying. And I grabbed my hat and I walked out of the cabin. But yeah, he hit me. There was a friend from that camp who came to my house with a bunch of other people and we lived on a big, like, five-acre property. This guy's name was Alaor. He pranked my friend. My friend got him back. Something about tossing cold water on each other. It was the summer. I helped my friend get him back. So I was kind of already a part of this. I was not on Alaor's side. I was on my friend's side. My... Wait. Alaor came from camp. My friend came from church. So the friend that I introduced the story with, he's not on... I'm not on his side. We're not on each other's sides. He chases my friend. I chase them both. Because I know this guy is way bigger than my friend, but smaller than me. But what do you get when you mix, like, a really fit guy, like Alaor, versus a really overweight guy, but pretty mobile and sporty? So, he, like, clashes with my friend. They fight. I finally get there. Out of breath. <laughs> I remember, I think I pushed them. Alaor lets him go comes after me, but he gave up his head and neck immediately. He, he like, football tackles me like that. But comes in like that. Comes around me. So his, like, head and neck are right here. Comes around me. And this is my move. Dude, this is my move. It's always worked. He gives up his head and neck right here. I go underneath. Okay? Underneath. Clasp the hands. Lift up. And slam down. It's that easy. Slam him down. His knees hit. And he hurt his back. Like, he was icing his back with his girlfriend for the rest of the afternoon that they were there. Kind of felt bad. Kind of didn't. It set aside something, man. But that fight was over pretty dang quick. He made a bad move. That was a bad move. You don't ever just give up your head in a fight. Here, take this thing and bang it against something. Not they smart. Oh, you know what? I kind of want to look that guy up right now. Alaor. Here, this is Alaor. Oh, uh. Yeah, so anyways, those are the fights that I've been in. I wanted to talk about this school that I went to. Because aside from homeschooling and college, this was an in-between. Like, kind of an exact in-between. I'm 11 years old when we go to Brazil. We live in this house. 
this home that's gated and has a pool and its first story has a long hallway. It's it's a really decent sized home. If you cross two streets perpendicularly to how the home is facing, that was the school and the church that we were going to. So we just walked over there. I started there in sixth grade, exited there in eighth grade. Again, 12 American students, three or four American teachers, and a couple Brazilian teachers. And the Brazilian teachers mainly focused on teaching my parents. So my parents also did language school for the first year. And we all learned Portuguese, my parents separately, and then us kids, you know, during school hours. I mean, them too, but still separately. You get it. Scheduling differences at the school... Rather than repeating a grade, I did repeat Algebra 1. And I remember feeling so devastated that I was going to repeat that book. Man, I really, really have a a deep spite for math. I think pinpointing from that moment that I was told by my mom and my teacher at the same time, it was like, you know, the Shining Twins. They were like holding hands like, we are, you are, no, I'm just joking. But they told me together, they broke the news to me, and I remember, I think I cried. I was like, this is awful! Why am I repeating this junk? (sighs) Anyways, um, so I learned Portuguese there. For the two years that I was there, I, I was learning English and Portuguese at the same time. I mean, I'm still going through the same English schools and same system. So I'm reading books. I remember at this school, um, I, you had to rent out books from the library. I chose The Hobbit one time, and I remember reading The Hobbit, and I definitely skimmed some parts. I was like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> skip a day do I don't think I even finished it. I return it a little early. And the teacher goes, okay, let me quiz you. I was like, okay. First question. How does the guy with the bow and arrow not Legolas? He's not in the book. How does he know to shoot the dragon? And like, what's his specific technique? What does he do? And I hadn't, I had definitely skipped some parts around the dragon. And I remember legs start shaking. My legs are shaking. I, I open the book. I go, like, I'm going to find that part right there. I'm like, oh, and, you know, and she takes the book from me. She's like, next time, read the whole thing. I was like, okay, what? And I think I did. Every time. In fact, the next book that I got was relatively small, but I finished it the first day. I was like, it was King Kong. The first King, you know, the the first one? (laughs) The book, I read uh, King Kong just in a day. It was actually really captivating. Across from that school was my house. In about the same distance, like in front of my school. Uh, Not in front, but, you know, the same distance of, of a walk. There was a little market, and you could get food there, but there was also a video rental store. So I feel that while I'm learning English and Portuguese at this school, I'm also learning the language of film simultaneously. Because it was either like homework, or we're in the home watching Portuguese on TV. Because that's all that was playing, was just that language. That's all they had on TV, so uh, I go get movies. I spent so much money there. Like, I got into the show's 24 Lost Prison Break. He got into Prison Break. I remember walking into his room and he was watching this new show on TV. And it was in English. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it's a great show. So I remember I was renting the... uh, 
I was renting the DVDs right after him, so he'd return them, I'd go rent them, <laughs> and then we, I think I caught up to him, probably even past him. I um, watched, the. F this was my first time at 11, 12, 13 years old that I watched my first movies with a lot of cuss words. There might have been, like, maybe a rated R movie somewhere in there, but mo it was PG-13 PG consistently through the whole thing, even with the shows that I listed. If you went to the mall, went to go see a movie at the theater, all the theaters are in malls there. And the adult movies, I just mean, like, PG-13 and R are in English with Portuguese subtitles, but they are only in Portuguese, like dublado, they're dubbed, for the children. So any kids' movies that you want to go watch are going to be in a language that we didn't understand at the time. We were learning, but we didn't know it. So I remember going to see the B-movie, and it's just like, I don't get anything. Because it wasn't even like Jerry Seinfeld, you know, you didn't get the voices, you got the Brazilian uh, actors. Voice dubbers. Uh, this is where I was introduced to movies like The Patriot, We Were Soldiers, The Born Supremacy. <laughs> I asked my dad repeatedly if I could watch Born Supremacy because I had, I had seen Identity in the, in the States. I annoyed him so much one time we're eating at the mall and he sits beside me and he goes, Colin, do not ask me if you can watch The Born Supremacy again until you're 16. I'm like... I'm almost 13. <laughs> what? Three weeks later. Maybe, maybe I had a hand. Maybe somebody was watching it and I, I might have had a hand in that. But I, I think, I just asked him again and he was like, yeah, whatever, just watch it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I gotta wear him down. I really do think it's fascinating about the learning languages simultaneously like that. Because back up to pre-field, before Brazil, we're on... The road for a, like six years, we're, we're visiting hundreds of churches. We're either home doing school and homework, we're on the road doing school and homework and visiting churches, or there's movies in the van. We had a conversion van, and there's like a DVD player, you can play video games even, we, VCR, I mean, we hooked it up. I mean, 12-hour car rides sometimes, one way. So we bring our movies, and it was, it was, I was learning that language of how to tell a good story through the art of film ever since the age of five. I, I mean, that's when we started traveling, and then I moved to Brazil, so film has always been with me ever since I was five. And I think that's so cool. That means that that's 20 years. I went to school for it right after Brazil, and now I'm on TikTok right after school. And then I went to school, and that was the only language that really anybody spoke was cinema. It was just like an intensified focus point on that for three years. That thing being film. And I use that term pretentiously. Okay, I'm going to end this. I filmed a ton today, so um, shout out to Joe Biden for canceling some student loan debt. I know that's going to be relieving for a lot of people. It's not a... It's not enough and not inclusive of a lot of other people, too. So I hope that they get their own dues, um, debt paid, and uh, that's huge. I'll have to check in to see how much more of mine may have been forgiven. Hopefully another 10K. But uh, another shout-out to this film that I discovered. It is called Pizzagate Massacre. It's on Amazon Prime. I got really into the QAnon conspiracy theory when it was a hot topic, um, I was convinced for a long period of time and still am rather convinced of a lot of those things involving like Jeffrey Epstein and all that stuff. 
Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Tom Cruise, Ellen DeGeneres. You know, list goes on. Pizzagate Massacre treats this conspiracy theory as its backdrop, like as truth. And within 17 minutes, dude, I had to pause the movie and just sit there and laugh. I was weeping. I was laughing so hard. I was laughing so stinking hard at this movie, dude. It is one of the funniest pieces of content I've seen in a long time. It's made by this guy named John Valley. And again, Pizzagate Massacre on Amazon Prime. It's really not for the faint of heart, but but it is a it is a fun kind of extreme watch. It came out in 2020. I can't believe I'm only discovering it now, but but anyways, I wanted to mention those two things at the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for watching. I will catch you guys next week. Much love.